You're listening to the ESO Network, your station for all things geek. Hey, hey, we're Monkeying Around, a podcast about the monkeys. I'm Veronica Daschle. I'm Elaine Swetman. And I'm Charles Kelso. And we're too busy monkeying around to put anybody down. Welcome back to Monkeying Around. This week we are talking about the second aired episode, Monkey See, Monkey Die. But first, Chuck, what's happening in the world of monkeys? A few things, actually, and it's actually not a 7A announcement. For one of the first times that we've ever done this. (laughs) (laughs) But there are a few things going on. There's actually some stuff coming out. Marty Ross, who famously was one of the new monkeys, and he's currently uh, one of the DJs, one of the hosts on Monkey Mania Radio, which we're all big fans of, uh, has a new album coming out called Marty 65. And they were debuting tracks from it today on Monkey Mania Radio. So um, it it sounds great. It It sounds like a lot of fun. And I think... Now, my my info on this is from a few months back, but he had said that Christian Nesmith is producing this album. So I think that's still the case. Don't quote me on that, just in case something's changed since like April to now. But uh, if so, that's exciting because Christian Nesmith is uh, he's fantastic. I mean, everything he does, I just love. Yes. So I'm looking forward to to hearing in full, um, you know, Marty 65, Marty Ross's new album. Did anybody hear any of that today on Monkey Mania Radio? I missed it. Today. Oh, no. I was busy at work and wasn't able to tune in like i normally do <laughs> <laughs> well he's great he's he's a, he's a great singer and i think he got a bad rap because there's a lot of pushback against the new monkeys like there would be because it's right. like everyone's like we like the regular monkeys <laughs> we want original <laughs> recipe monkeys we don't want new monkeys you know i i like the new monkeys too they have their yeah. spot at some point, we need to watch through all the episodes and and talk about them. Yes, and their album because it's it's very different, but it's part of the monkey's history. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And then also, I mean, the the big news that's been going on. We're recording this about two weeks before it's going to go out, so there may be more developments between now and then. But uh, Mickey Dolans is suing the FBI. Yes, Did you guys hear about that? Yes, I heard about it from you. Yeah, it's one of those headlines that at first I just assumed was satirical. I'm like, wait, what? <laughs> That's from what outlet? But yeah, apparently, um, you know, the FBI back in 2011 had released some pages of uh, the their dossier from the 60s on the monkeys back when they were sort of following and observing um, different artists and performers and singers and people who were big in youth culture, you know, and looking for left wing influences and subliminal <laughs> messaging and things like that. And they had a whole uh, dossier on the monkeys. And so he had requested uh, through a Freedom of Information Act the release of the full file, and they haven't complied. And so now he's suing them. Excellent. Yeah. I approve. Like Mickey Dolan v. the FBI could be like an episode of The Monkees. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) That'd be amazing. Yeah. So do do you know anything about this that I don't know yet, Elaine? No, I haven't seen anything other than like the original article that was posted i think he got bits and pieces like little bits but Mm. it's heavily redacted and it it doesn't really show anything of why they would have started a file on the monkeys so yeah i mean you wouldn't normally think of the monkeys as uh, hugely subversive this is from Mickey's lawyer, Mark S. Zaid, and he said that he's been a Monkeys fan his entire life, and he's committing to holding the FBI accountable. Quote, 
Uh, the Freedom of Information Act is an important tool to ensure the public can learn about what our government is up to, whether involving an individual, famous or not, or a group. The FBI monitored musicians such as the Monkees during the tumultuous 1960s, and this new lawsuit is designed to determine just how far their efforts went. Uh, so it's interesting. I'm, I'd be interesting to see you know, the rest of the file, uh, what they release. I, I know that they had like informants at Monkees concerts and things like that. That was in the 2011 papers that they had released uh, looking for subliminal messaging things like yeah, you know the monkeys were big into showing video on the screen and things like that but it would be things right. like clips from vietnam or like uh selma and things like that right and I'm, I'm just kind of like taken back by the government would actually spend money on sending people to go to monkeys concerts where you couldn't hear anything anyway because every all the girls are screaming right so you just you know in a sea of screaming girls yeah, okay. Yeah. You know, I don't <laughs> Well, I mean they're they're looking at people who are big influence on the youth. You know, and that uh, well, was I when mean, the youth movements were getting big. Yeah. And so I mean, I can understand that they're keeping an eye on things, but um I mean, I mean were they tapping the phone lines? Is there recorded conversations? You know, do they have transcripts of private conversations? Cuz that that stuff would be interesting just from a monkey's historical perspective. True, true. True. And I mean, I know they had Frank Zappa on their show and he mm-hmm. was very counterculture so i can <laughs> see why they might be looking at them but the concert i don't know that there was a whole lot of counterculture going on at actual concerts yeah i, I imagine there's a lot of like 12 year old girls <laughs> screaming right. when davy comes out right. you know? that's what i'm imagining like like a one direction concert kind of uh. thing you know right so one yeah. direction wasn't trying to lead a coup or anything Not that I'm aware. <laughs> I mean, which direction were they going? <laughs> that's the real question. <laughs> and then one bit of thing that's happening, it's not really in the mo- world of the monkeys, but it's happening in the world of our monkeying around podcast, is you may have noticed from our last episode that we're now part of the ESO network. So you'll Hi. have ESO bumpers and ESO trailers and things like that, but hopefully it'll be taking us out to a wider audience. Uh, we can find more folks who are like-minded. And it, it's not really a surprise. It was sort of, uh, we sort of, Kind of like the monkeys answer to ad, <laughs> you know, our, <laughs> our, our, our friends who run the ESO network were looking for a monkeys podcast and we all volunteered. They didn't put an ad in the paper looking for insane young podcasters, but we all, <laughs> we all, we all signed up. Uh, so it's been just sort of a process of making it official, but it's exciting. You know, it's uh, hopefully we'll be reaching more monkeys fans and folks who have forgotten their monkeys fans and things like that. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So Yay. That's it for what's happening in the world of monkeys. And speaking of which, we will now take a short break to promote our fellow ESO Network podcast shows. And when we come back, we'll be getting into our discussion topic of monkey see, monkey die. Stay right there. Have you been searching for that one heavy metal podcast that covers all of your favorite geeky topics as well? Well, look no further. The Metal Geeks Podcast is here to save the day. Whether you are into video games, films, comic books, theme parks, or even, yes, heavy metal, then the Metal Geeks Podcast is a place for you. Check us out on all of your favorite podcasting apps, and we are proud members of the ESO Network. Keep it geeky, and keep it metal. Welcome back. So we're going to be getting into our discussion topic today of 
Monkey See, Monkey Die, the second aired episode of The Monkeys. So what did, what did you guys think of the episode overall? I like it. I like it. I thought it was good. Yeah, I've seen this one many times. I think right. it was one that was popular on mm. the reruns in the 80s. They, they okay. showed this one a lot. That, yeah. That's not terribly surprising. It's it's a pretty fun, kitschy episode. Yeah. yeah. And it's trading on the old dark house trope, yeah. which was big mm-hmm. in movies from 20s, 30s, 40s. But putting sort of a monkey spin on it, which is fun. It's like a monkey's Halloween episode, which yeah. is it's kind of fitting because our episode's going out like end of September. And so we're heading right. into Halloween season. Yeah. Boy, is it spooky in here. You scared? Well, yes and no. <laughs> Mostly yes. Were you scared? No. <laughs> no, but this is this is one that I always thought it was a later episode. I didn't oh, really? realize it would yeah, because when I first started watching the monkeys, they were not in order. They did not play them in order. It was just random episodes here and there. Right. And I knew in like the newer one, Davy had the longer hair. And then the mm. older ones, he got the really short hair. Well, in this one, his hair hasn't quite grown all the way out yet. And so I just <laughs> thought it was one of the later ones because his hair was short. I did not realize. Right. Although I might could have told, been able to tell from the songs on the romps, but again, right. I still hadn't quite figured out which albums were which and that mm. kind of thing. So you know, I didn't realize it was the second episode. Yeah, so one thing we talked about last time when we were talking about Royal Flush was that they weren't doing anything particularly bandy. Mm-mm. And this one in the plot, they're not. But I mean, they are sort of rehearsing and things at the beginning and. And talking about being out of work. So, I mean, if you're, I mean, I, I assume everyone who's watching it knows it's about a band. You know what right, I mean? Right. You know, they're, they're not like on a gig. They're not no. like going to compete in a contest or anything like that. They're just, um, <laughs> you know, uh, we get the first appearance of Mr. Babbitt, mm-hmm. which is fun. Yes. First of like four, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He, he, I, I thought he was in way more than four episodes. It does seem like he's around a lot, but I guess not. No, I guess yeah. I was looking up that information. I was like, oh, he was only, he is in another episode, at, but not as Babbitt. He plays mm. a different character. Yeah. But I mean, yeah. if he's in, say, five, that's one out of 10, almost. Right. Or, yeah. you know, one out of almost 10. Um, no. But yeah, he's going to, he's going to kick the monkeys out if they, if they don't come up with the rent. That's a common theme for them. I did like when he's like, we just paid the rent. That was for July. It's September, yes. you know, <laughs> it's funny. Yes, sir. Um, you see, uh, we really are the monkeys. I mean, so what did you think, Veronica? I really enjoyed it a lot. It was interesting watching the romps, especially the one during Clarksville, which is this is the first time Clarksville had been on the a monkeys episode. Obviously, mm-hmm. since they didn't use it in the um, premiere episode, right? And a lot of the clips from that were like stock footage, not even like random monkeys mm-hmm. footage of them jumping around and i i really didn't get with the airplanes yeah <laughs> i mean I, I the train coming that. down the tracks sure but like why are you showing an airplane flying off a cliff and then crashing i yeah or this person shooting off a rocket off their back or something like that it was i was like at least have one of the monkeys doing that come on yeah yeah i wrote that I would in do my that. notes i was doing like <laughs> like freeform thoughts kind of yeah. like such random travel related stock footage that's what i wrote for the Clarksville. <laughs> and i'm like okay that is weird you know so i mean i love clarksville that's a great song and i understand why it's in the show 
Yeah, that's but, the whole point. Is there put? But it, the whole the whole show is like spooky with spooky music, and then he's like they're gonna pl- play the organ, and like Last Train to Clarksville comes out. It's just very jarring. And then the the, the romp wasn't particularly spooky. The the second romp I liked better. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I mean, I mean, I would love to see like an alternate edit with like a like a maybe I'll do that like a spooky organ version of Clarksville. That would. Yeah. And see how it plays in the episode, you know, and maybe a spookier romp. Like the, the yeah. second one, at least they have the bits with the monster masks and things like mm-hmm. that. Um, and they're like running around the grounds of the estate and that sort of thing and swimming in the pool with scuba gear and, and all that. But yeah, the, the first one, it was just like, I mean, clips from like the opening clips, like you said, like stock footage of uh, old airplanes and things like that. It was kind of random, but I guess they're going for kind of random. Well, and also they were colored, different colors. They weren't like just black and white or in full color. Like they were, instead of like, you know, the brown sepia tone, one of them was like green-ish mm. and one of them was purple-ish. And it was, okay, now we're trying to be sort of psychedelic with it a little <laughs> bit, I guess. I don't know. Right. It was weird. <laughs> yeah. Well, how did you like the guest cast in this? It was a lot of fun. There was a lot of Star Trek actors in it or people who had appeared in Star Trek. Uh, there was one that I noticed. Did you notice other people who were in Star Trek? Well, um, not noticed, but found in the notes. Um, the uh, Vince Howard, who played the policeman okay. um, at the end, was in Star Trek. Really? He what did he play in Star Trek? crewman in the man trap. Oh, he was... I missed, I missed seeing was, him. Was he the crewman that was chatting up Uhura? Um, I am not certain, but he played a crewman in its premiere episode, The Man Trap. And apparently he often played a uh, policeman in, in various. He uh, was the crewman who chatted up Uhura. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I Chuck, missed Chuck that. Pieces together. Yeah, I didn't even catch that that was him. He looked different mm-hmm. in the episode. Okay, Matt didn't even catch that one. Matt did catch, um, it was. Oliver McGowan. Oliver McGowan. Yeah, the one yeah. who played the attorney, um, McQueenie. He was in the Star Trek episode Shore Leave. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, he's 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 very recognizable. I liked Vince Howard's. I like the fact that there was like the the head cop was a black guy. Yeah. I thought that yeah. was cool. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and that's not, not something you necessarily would expect in 1966. Mm-hmm. No. I would, you know? No. Uh-uh. Yeah. And it was so. not a big deal. He was just, that was just him. Yeah. Great. I mean, it would just, yeah, they were just talking to him. So. Yeah. Yeah. And um, so kind of like going through some of the other folks that uh, guest starred, uh, the girl who played Ellie actually um, guest starred with Davy Davy um, on The Farmer's Daughter. Oh, There's nice. a lot of Farmer's Daughter connection. That's, yeah, I can see that. Uh, yeah. Not yeah. a surprise at all whatsoever. Yeah. yeah. That was the main other notable one that I had. Okay. Um, well, um, Henry, Henry Corden, the one who plays Babbitt, he mm-hmm. also did the voice of Fred Flintstone. Yeah, Chuck was telling me that earlier. Yeah, he, that he was the original, original voice. Not the original, but for yeah. like the original one passed away and he took over mm-hmm. like well, for th- the whole rest of the. Yeah, I think originally he would do like the singing for Fred Flintstone, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. but also do like a, a, other voices. But yeah, yeah, he became Flip, and you can even hear it in his voice. He said he had he sounds very yeah. Flip, Fred Flintstone. Once, once you Chuck, know it, yeah, yeah. Once you know it, and so so like, like when we were watching it for the second time earlier, after he yelled, Chuck paused. He's like, "This is the guy," who, and he was telling me all that stuff. And all and I and as soon as he said it, I was like, "Oh yeah, that y'all does sound like Fred." <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like I could just hear him going, "Where am I?" Right. <laughs> yeah. Well, one thing that we've talked about a few times before that I think is just fun is, 
is how young the old folks are. Yeah, <laughs> I, 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 I took my notes. I mean, did, did you take this. notes on this? I did. Because I didn't. I did. Sorry. Did. So we want to play a round of how old are the young guys or how young yeah, are the so old guys? <laughs> <laughs> we'll start with Babbitt, Henry Corden, okay. Babbitt. All right. Um, he was 46 at the time they filmed this episode. Okay. And Babbitt um, and, was the butler, right? No, no Babbitt, the landlord. Right, the landlord. The one that came to the beginning? Right. Yes. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, that's yeah, fine. He, he doesn't seem that old to me. I didn't, no, he didn't no. read as old on screen to me. No, but yeah. I feel like he should be older because he was born in 1920. <laughs> <laughs> and so it just seems like he should be older and he's not. Because right. It, again, yeah. number. Um, but <laughs> and he died in 2005 at the age of 85. Okay. Uh, lived along with. Um, Stacy Greg or Stacy Maxwell, I think mm-hmm. she was billed two different ways. She was 20. Yep. And she's okay. still alive. She was born in 1946. Yes. So and she, she was the proper age. And she's playing Davy's love interest. Yes. El- yep. Ellie. Okay. Yeah. That's good. That's uh, a, a good age for a love interest. Right. Yes. Not 16. <laughs> yeah. Right. <laughs> or, or 15 going on 16. Yeah. Um, Milton Parsons, who was Ralph, he was the butler, the old okay. dude. He 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 was 62. He was not okay. young. Good. He wasn't good. old, yeah. but he, you know. Right. Yeah, um, that's about, he said that seems about the right age for the character. It just often seems it'll be someone like him and it'll be like, and he was 43. <laughs> like, what? Yeah, no. Because I, when I, I was like, did the math, I was like, oh, he was 60. Okay. He was the, the appropriate age. Good. You know. Good. Um. Yeah. And he lived to be 75 years old. So he lived a long life too. Awesome. Um, Leah Marmer, who played Madame Roselle, she was mm-hmm. 48. Okay. That's younger than I would expect. What's it, were we listening to um, some, something about um, how they wanted a, a fairly old person to play that part, but um, they needed someone younger to be able to do all the antics or something? Or was that something else? No, that was tonight? that was something totally different that I was watching that was unrelated to this episode. <laughs> <laughs> you were listening um, to it right after we watched the episode. Well, so I'm, my brain I'm connected it. Watch a lot of monkeys things. Give me a break. <laughs> um, she died in 1974 at the age of 55. She, okay, she, I'm sorry to hear that. Yeah. Um, Mark Harris, who played Kingsley, the one who wrote all the books, mm-hmm. dude, he was 52. Okay. So the, he seems about the right age for what yeah. I yeah. have imagined him being. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, and he passed away in 97 at the age of 82. Okay. Uh, um, Oliver McGowan, who was the attorney also on Star Trek, he was. 59. Okay. Yeah. So, and he, he died in 1971 at the age of 64. He, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and Vince Howard, who's the captain, the police officer, yeah. he was 37. He yeah. Was, that, that looks yeah, about right. Yeah. yeah. Um, and he died in 2002 at the age okay. of 72. And then the policeman who was in the background, like right. there was an actual cop in a cop uniform. Sure. His name was George Perina. He was 40 years old. He was born in 1926. And as far as I know, he's still alive. Okay. I could not wow. find any information on, but he did a lot of bit pieces and stuff. Mm-hmm. So there yeah. might not be. Right. You know. Right. But so I was looking at this list and I said, okay, the one who played Ellie and Mickey and maybe the policeman. Mm-hmm. Oh, you're very morbid person, Elaine. I know. I try to well, have no. a fun game, and you're like, and then they tragically die. 
No, well, <laughs> death is a part of life. That's true. And That's and true. well, and if stuff like this can sometimes fascinate me. Like I do yeah. like to, you know, go to cemeteries and look at, you know, dates and stuff like right. that. You know. So <laughs> well, it seems like everybody in this one looks about their age. Yeah. Right. There, there wasn't well, yeah. like 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 I mean, how we, we had talked about um the girl's father from the pilot episode. And yeah, he, was he was like, like 48 40, or something. Yeah. Yeah. And the one who played her mom was like 42. Right. They're gray like, hair wearing a sweater. Yeah. <laughs> right. So the 16 year old. Yeah. I mean, it makes sense. Well, I guess. Yeah. My, I mean, I, I'm 48. I mean, my mom had old. a yeah. my mom had a baby at 42. So, you know. Well, we, well yeah, that's true. <laughs> but like my my daughter will, by the time this episode comes out, my daughter will have turned 16, have just yeah. turned 16. And I'm 41. Yeah. So it's, it checks yeah. out. Yeah. yeah. Well, they also have the 26-year-old, too. So. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. But so, yeah, so we did that game. I, I wrote down all the notes because I was like, yeah. <laughs> I did. I love their pajamas. Yeah, I yeah. love that they're, they're all in the cute little pajamas and they're all sleeping in a big bed together. Yes. And yes. and there's another episode where Pete pajamas that they're orange with the big blue, is it a bunny rabbit that's on or it? Or something. 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 It, it was funny that they just had to, I assumed those were if they were gonna be staying there and because they, they didn't arrive with new luggage because they weren't planning on staying off. Right. But they reused those pajamas in other episodes. I know, because there was <laughs> another episode I was watching part of and there was Pete in those pajamas and they were at the beach house they weren't you know yeah maybe he stole them afterwards maybe that's what happened they they decided for payment in addition to the organ they needed those pajamas okay well yeah. let, um i mean at some point like mike had a guitar so i assumed that the pajamas were <laughs> with their luggage <laughs> they had luggage somewhere or maybe they just kept it with their Sherlock Holmes costumes. Yes. Maybe. <laughs> That's where maybe. they kept that. Monkey fantasy land. Yes. Good work, Watson. Yes. And I wanted to mention this episode was written by uh, Travis Silverman. Mm-hmm. Who, yes. Uh, she she won an Emmy for the Mary Tyler Moore show. She wrote like 16 episodes of the Mary Tyler Moore show. Yep. Mm-hmm. And she's a very accomplished person. Yes. Um, yeah. And I, I love, I mean, it's, it's very witty. It's very funny to me. Mm-hmm. I thought it was a lot of cute dialogue cute gags you know i thought that the i mean it's a little corny but the homing pigeon and the saint bernard oh, i thought was yeah, cute yeah. and um yeah just things like like he, mickey builds the radio and he or fixes the radio and he's calling the guy and do you speak our language yes i do my goodness do you know how to send an sos yes i do wow great what's your location yes i do yes yeah. i do yes I do. Oh, yeah the rest of the, yeah yeah well because uh, I was watching it on the Blu-ray set, and so there was a commentary episode okay. that was the commentary done by Andrew Sandoval and Gary Strobel, who is a monkeys historian. Okay. And apparently, Mickey was really into in real life that building things. Mm-hmm. Oh. Thing like he built a gyrocopter, and he would like tinker around, and you know he does woodworking with his daughter, mm-hmm. so he's always been into you know probably building radios and whatnot, and so that was a kind of fitting that they put that in there because that would have been something he really would have done probably you know yeah and the the comment that appeared on there what did general sarnoff really start out like this um so for those that don't know sarnoff was one of the first people to see the full possibilities of using radio and television for entertainment 
Mm. Um, okay, I wrote down General Sonoff with a question mark and forgot to yeah. go back and look him up. <laughs> so um, early in his career, he while working on a wireless op- as a wireless operator in 1912, picked up word that the Titanic was sinking and stayed at his post for 72 hours, directing ships to the sinking ocean liner. Um, it's also worth noting that Sarnoff became president of RCA Victor at Who Studios, The Monkees, and more recent s- start oh. stars like Country Beauty. Martina McBride did all their recordings um, and also founded the National Broadcasting Company, which aired The Monkees. Nice. Okay, that nice. was a nice little deep nod to and, yeah. yeah and that was better than what i was going to say because i was going to follow up lane's comment about mickey being into gizmos and things with yeah. asking if mickey was also into like knockout drugs <laughs> oh there's something about that so um the the caption there um fast relief mm-hmm. um was um a spoof on the long-running pain relief commercial campaign for anison it combines aspirin with caffeine to deliver Fast headache relief. You need Anison for fast relief. Yeah, I, I'm not familiar with that medicine or the or the ad campaign, but I picked that up from context. <laughs> <laughs> that basically Excedrin migraine. Yeah. <laughs> right, yeah. Caffeine. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. The that was one element of the story that came out of left field to me. That wasn't set up at all. No. Um, it was like, like oh, by what? the way, Mickey, do you have your knockout drugs? Well, yes, yeah. but not tested. Like, like, okay, you know, at the very least, have a little bit about that at the beginning of the episode. Yeah. And then yeah. you're setting it up. Like, to, that's, to pay the, off that's later. the weird bit he's doing when the lawyer comes by or something. Yeah, that would have been good. I guess maybe that it may have been something that was in the episode and it got cut out yeah. during editing. Maybe, or but it, it could just be they got to that point in the story and just threw it yeah. in. <laughs> like, oh, um, how are we going to get these people out of it? Right. I was going to say on the commentary, they said that the stars in Davy's eyes, because they were in this episode, they actually literally scratched the film yeah, wow. and like scratched his eyes out in the film to make the stars appear. It wasn't like a digital or not, not that it was digital. It wasn't. Right. Um, it wasn't an optical in, printer or something. No, no. Yeah. They went and took the film and. Well, it was very effective. I know. But that yeah. was like, you know. When Royal Flush, he didn't have the literal stars in his eyes. He did, right. though, in the pilot. Am I yeah, remembering that correctly? Yeah. yeah. So, but he this is really the first time that the audiences would have seen Davy right. with the stars in his eyes. Mm-hmm. And so, I, I liked Mike's comment that Davy's fallen in love for the first time today. He's in love. Yeah, for the very first time today. Uh, yes, that was <laughs> hilarious. I liked yeah. the little bits they were doing. I liked when backing up a little bit. You know, when Mr. Babbitt leaves and then the lawyer comes and they all scramble around and get in disguises. Uh, I like their little disguises. I liked uh, Mike as the old man and Davy as Whistler's mother. And I liked Mickey's bit in particular where he's I'm the 23 hour doorman. What? I used to be the 24 hour doorman, but I couldn't take the long hours. I thought that was funny. <laughs> what was Pete? Did, poor Pete. I, I don't know. He was a TV repairman. Oh, oh right. that's right. He went yeah. to TV. Repairman. He said your TV yeah. is tired or something like that. Yeah. Yeah, I just like this whole episode. I, well, I like old dark house stories anyway. I mean, that's right. that's a tried and true thing in movies for a reason. Mm-hmm. But I like the atmosphere. I like the the spooky music in the background of the scenes, and I like mm-hmm. the you know I, I love things like um, you know the paintings eyes and the guy looking out through the paintings eyes and and things like that and the little monster well, hand that sort of shows up. And the first time they show Kingsley. He, he's asleep in his chair and his wine glasses there. He's got spider webs all over his hands. 
Mm. And he wakes up and he like pulled the spider with like his head. And I'm like, how long have you been asleep in that chair? It's crazy. <laughs> and then the butler saying at the height of the foggy season. And how long did that last? Well, from 1890 to 1971. <laughs> that, was pretty, that was pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I always thought I, I, I heard 51. And no, it was, I, I, I thought it was like 75. Oh, 75. Well, the captioning said 1970 something. Okay. Have the captioning on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know. Okay. So. I heard 40 something, so I was very confused. Yeah. Well, I and I I like the characters in this. I like uh the very well drawn characters. I like the yeah. I like uh I don't know what, what what was his name, the guy with the books and he's oh, got Kingsley, these absurd, Mr. Kingsley. He's got these absurd travelogues, like a teenager's guide to wherever and and, oh. and Akron, like, go, let's go to Akron, Ohio. One, was, one was like South Dakota, true or false? Uh, yes. Yeah. <laughs> okay, wait. I have a list of the episodes. 12 walking tours through the Sahara, Beverly Hills on five shillings a day, Who's Whom on Ellis Island, Akron, the city behind the myth, Musical yes. City on the Moon, Dining Out on Greenland, Dining Out in Greenland, Sex Spots Among the Ga- Ganges, Philadelphia, Where to Find It, a Teenager's Guide to Tijuana and South Dakota Fact or Fiction. <laughs> Philadelphia, where to find it sounds riveting. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm scared of his Teenager's Guide to Tijuana. Yeah. Yeah. That yeah. would be funny just to make like fake books <laughs> with those titles yes. and just have a shelf of them. <laughs> that'd be funny. That'd, yeah. be, that'd be a good Twitter banner, actually. <laughs> See if any, and not not say anything, but just have those see titles and see it. who knows. You right, know? that's no. funny. Uh, uh, and I and I liked the the media. And I, a medium. I liked her. <laughs> I thought the she the seance was pretty clever. Yeah, it was. Right. Yeah. Like, is this the ghost of whoever? She's like, Are you the spirit of John Cunningham? I know this is his answering service. Yeah. <laughs> and then the ghost of Christmas past gets on the line and won't shut up. They're like, we are trying to reach the spirit of John Cunningham. I am the ghost of Christmas past. <laughs> I she thought it was, was funny. Really good. She, she was, was really good. good. Too. Yeah. 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 I yeah. thought that was very well done. That whole sequence I really enjoyed. Yeah. Yeah. We hadn't talked about the second romp yet. That's true. Which was tomorrow's going to be another day. Yeah. 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 Which was um, incorrectly. Um, listed originally, um, the end credits erroneously build it as tomorrow is another day. Oh, okay. Now, yeah. I, I like the second romp better than the first romp. Yes. I, it was spooky, yeah. at least. And yes. like, if you're watching this on Halloween, like as a Halloween episode, mm-hmm. I think the romps, I mean, this, well, the songs, I think uh, they're not spooky songs. Like, if you put spooky songs in, this would be a really good right. Halloween evening watch. You know, like you yeah. pair this up with some other just Halloween episodes and, and the songs aren't bad. I like both of the songs. They're both really good songs. But um, I think the second romp works better because it seems more tailor made to this episode. Right. And I think even the even the song, it's not a spooky song. Tomorrow's going to be another day, but it kind of works with a Halloween theme of like we're having a bad day. We're having a bad evening. We're being chased around by monsters. Tomorrow's right. going to be another day, you know? Right. Uh, but right. I like the bits when they're in the little monster masks. And I like at the end when there's five of them and they're like counting oh, themselves. Yeah. And they're like, oh no. And they run away. Matt asked, I wonder who's in that other mask. I said, probably one of the stunt doubles, I'm guessing. Yeah. Or yeah, a double would make the most sense. That'd be, yeah. it'd be funny if it was like um, Kirshner or something. <laughs> or or Rafelson. Right. Yeah. 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 
Uh, that, because, they, the, that guy seemed a little bigger than the other guys, but like we were talking about last time, I mean, to be a double on television in the 60s, you didn't have to be a spitting image or, uh, or a spitting, no. No. you know, physical copy, no. you know, <laughs> no. but I, I like both the songs. I like the second romp better than the first romp. I would like it. I would like to see an edit of it with spookier songs. Okay. If I can come up with a spooky version of Clarksville, I'll maybe I'll edit yeah. something to do. If I have time, if I don't have time, then this is yeah. going to be a big letdown for everyone. <laughs> Sorry, guys. <laughs> but uh, that'd be, that'd be a fun thing to have. That'd be a fun thing yeah. to watch. And just for my own use, edit it into the episode and have like a Halloween version of the episode yeah. with spooky songs. That'd be fun. Well, yeah, because you would have to take monkey songs and make them spooky because yeah. I don't know that they did any songs that are spooky they, they, yeah. on their own. That's, Maybe I mean, really? Teeny Tiny Gnome was kind of spooky. What? I mean, I don't well, know. first off, you need an organ because both yeah. songs start. They're playing the flipping organ, and they hit the organ, and you hear a guitar come out, which is cute. Yeah. But you know, if you were in universe, you would expect that they're jamming on the organ. Really, if you but, turn any of their songs and put them in the minor key, it would be spooky. Yeah, but even yeah. playing it on an organ, I think would be. Good. I actually have an organ sound font on my computer because I was just using it for one of our shows. So I'll I'll, I'll see what I can do. I'll see what I can. Do. I'll, at least I'll have a clip. And now is the moment you've all been waiting for. Uh, let's, uh, let's just play that game. Good idea. Well, so, speaking of the romp, um, that romp was featured in four other episodes. The same romps? Not the entire romp, but the specifically the ones where they're romping around in um, Halloween costumes. Okay. Was it the other? I mean, I know there's like Monkey's Paw and Monsters Monkey Mash. So Monsters Monkey Mash was one of them. Um, that was episode 50. Um, Find the Monkeys, a.k.a. the audition. The Monkeys in Manhattan, a.k.a. Monkeys Manhattan style. And Monkey Mayor were the others. Okay. Three. Those aren't that spooky. No. But. I like the spooky episode. I like the Halloween episodes, but I, but I enjoy Halloween episodes of shows regardless. Like we've talked before on our Star Trek podcast that mm-hmm. we like Cat's Paw because yep. Cat's Paw is like a spooky ghosts and goblins. It's like a Halloween special for Star Trek. Yeah. Yep. Um, and I, I like I like watching things like that. So I think I'm going to well, we'll have to add um, the monkeys in with our with because our, we don't usually watch monkeys episodes on Halloween, Mm-mm. even the even the spooky ones. Um, but I like it. I, it, it. This episode felt a lot like Scooby Doo. Except for yeah. I don't think Scooby Doo was even on yet in '66. It's like pre Scooby Doo. It was soon. It was coming out soon, though. It wasn't yeah, Scooby Doo was late '60s, after. but I don't think it was as early as '66. I don't. No. I didn't research that, but I don't think Scooby Doo was on TV yet. Yeah. Um, which I mean, but this episode would be a a great Scooby Doo episode. It has the same yeah. beats of a Scooby Doo episode, where it turns out it's you know old people are the bad guys in the end. Right. Yeah. <laughs> right. Well, and then. You know, in the reruns, they would swap out songs. Yeah. In 1967, in the 1967 rerun, Tomorrow's Gonna Be Another Day was replaced with A Little Bit Me, A Little Bit You. Mm. Really? That doesn't seem very spooky to me either. No, I don't. I I, I, I like the one they they originally... I mean, I would at least want something with like a good like organ riff in it because they're like highlight. why, Why was it an organ? Why not just have him leave him a guitar? I he had a because organs are, 
Well, because organs are spooky. I know, but even if he had like an old guitar, that and then they could act like they're playing Clarksville on it, and it would sort of fit better. The organ thing threw me off when he when he when he like pounded the organ and like the Clarksville riff came out, and it's like that doesn't fit at all. I want it to sound like like the 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 organ in the Goonies when they're playing the organ to get to the next. Yeah, yeah, that's what it needs to sound like. Yeah. I like how he's like, let's go outside and play some music. And they like wheeled the organ out there. I, yeah. I mean, organs are heavy. Pianos They're hard heavy. to transport. And I we had a piano when I was a kid and we moved a lot and we had to wow. move that thing every That's, time. That that moving is very rough on pianos. It is. Like there's people who like there's websites where you can get free pianos. Because people don't want to move them. if you move it. Because yep. they don't want to deal with the hassle of getting, and they will give it to you if you just take it away with you. Yeah, because also you have to like have a professional come in and retune it every time you move because yeah. the button it shifts in there, yeah. and the um the, the weather not weather pressure the bio, bi, bi, biometric pressure okay changes the sure. things so they have to adjust it for that or something. Yeah. I don't remember. Yeah, if you don't you don't want to take them to a high high altitude. Yeah, you know. Yeah, yeah. That's why you don't see any pianos in the orbit. <laughs> that's the main reason i think yes that is the main reason also they're probably almost as heavy as the rocket <laughs> <laughs> well what any other criticisms of this episode no but i did want to finally i finally found the note that about that i was going to say from like five minutes ago okay um when you were talking about how this could be a scooby-doo episode um because davy jones appearance um on the scooby-doo episode he is dressed as a knight um similar to the one that um he was hiding in this episode to apply the yeah it's similar in the fact that they're both suits of armor yes okay (laughs) exactly cool look i found all these facts and i'm using them gosh darn i know you are yeah (laughs) well um oh one other little the historian part stuff from the commentary they were talking about how even as the show was on the air and it was starting to become popular, I did not know this. Apparently, they were looking for replacements to like swap out some of the monkeys if things didn't go right. Wow. They were sort of, and then I, I may have misunderstood because commentary is not captioned. So, oh. but they were also there were some concerns about the fellows maybe getting drafted at some yeah. point too, yeah. and so they were thinking ahead. Well, if we need to replace. This person, we need to have somebody in the backup. And, and but there was all that turmoil still going mm-hmm. on, even as they were getting popular and selling records. It yeah. was just craziness. But I was like, yeah, wow. that that's a legitimate concern if you're yeah. in your cast yeah. of twenty year olds in nineteen sixty six, yeah, young men. Right. Um, yeah, and I know there was a big um, a big hullabaloo over uh, the Davy Davy potentially being drafted over in the UK. Right. Yeah. Right. Um, and they wanted to they wanted to make sure they had backup for him because yeah. he was yeah. sort of the star, like he was the one. Yeah, well, just from a business perspective, yeah. you put all yeah. this money into it, and then you don't want it to fall apart because the guys get drafted or or they're just a right. pain in the butt and you got to get rid of them. Yeah, there was some of that too. Right. And then also they said that the scripts actually called them romps. That's oh. where that yeah. it's in this it's Romp number one in the script. And yeah. so that's where it came from. So I was like, oh, I didn't know that. I thought somebody just made, you know, came up with that. Yeah, like it was one. a fan term or something. Right. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Nope. Mm-mm. That's interesting. Like I've, I've, I've seen 
like every time I find a script online, it's a like a transcript of the episode. I would love to see original monkey script to see what the script looked like with the yeah. stage direction. And then I'd love to compare it to see how much of it was improvised versus what was in the shooting script Yeah, because they would yeah. encourage the guys to riff oh, yeah, and absolutely. let them like, I it's, there was one minute, there was one moment in this um, and now I can't remember what he was saying, but they had just arrived recently arrived at the castle and Mickey made a comment that seemed very naturalistic where he was sort of st- stammered a little bit, was like, um, and then continued on. And it seemed like, I was wondering, I guess that was, was that a scripted line or did he throw that in or it was it just something they, they didn't reshoot and he stumbled over his lines? I don't know. But yeah. I, now I can't think of what the line was. So that was a really fascinating thing for me to say. Well, and also <laughs> that scene where the, he, Mickey and Davey are looking for clues mm-hmm. and all of a sudden they show up as Sherlock Holmes and right. Dr. Watson. And I wonder if some of that may have been improvised. Oh, I'm betting all of that was improvised. They well, were like, like, okay, you're Sherlock Holmes, you're, you're Sherlock and Watson, you're looking for clues. Here, have fun. Go. It would be awesome oh, if it yeah. wasn't scripted for them to be Sherlock and Watson and they just like changed clothes on their own. <laughs> What's going on? <laughs> or maybe they came up with, they did those lines and they're like, wait a minute, we have these costumes in the back. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah. Maybe. All of that, it's entirely possible, actually. I thought this was a really fun episode. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I really liked it. Like I said, I think that the atmosphere of it is really great. It's something that really appeals to me, just being a fan of mon- old monster movies and old spooky movies. But uh, I, I thought they had some really clever twists on it. And mm. yeah, I, I really enjoyed the it's sort of the joy of an old, old spooky house movie is the cast of characters who were in it. I thought they had a really right. good cast of characters with the, the spooky butler and the guy with the books and the medium. And I think her, the seance sequence for me was one of the highlights of this episode. Right. I did think it was funny that she made it way too complicated. Knock twice for yes and knock <laughs> four times for no. I'm like, what? he's the, not going to knock The ghost is like, times. knock how many times? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Mm. And she will be in another episode. Leo yeah. Marmo. Yeah, good, she's good. in another episode. I look forward to her so, next seance. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, she plays, she plays a, a, a policeman's wife. I don't right. think she's going to be seancing. I think she should just go around seancing. Yeah. There was a lot of like iconic monkeys stuff in this episode. True. I mean, there was four monkeys in it. <laughs> <laughs> Like this is the first episode. I counted where you... because they made a point of it. Yeah, I know. I mean, at one point there was five. Go but, ahead. You know. Um, and and speaking of which, this was the first appearance of their uh, eight button monkeys uh, shirt. Awesome. Yep. Which was traditionally red, but can be seen in blue. white, gold, dark blue, bright blue, and black. Interesting. Yes. Um, this is the first appearance of the monkey mobile. Okay. Um, this was also the first time several like lines that they used over and over again. Mm-hmm. Um, when, uh, the seance lady, I don't I remember why I remember her name. I remember Ellie. Who was the, who was the spooky woman? M- Madame Roselle. Madame Roselle. When she disappears and they're like, he's, she's. There, it's gone. That's a that's a, a thing they do um, frequently in the episodes. And then um, Mickey, when he's coming around the thing and Peter's just there, he's don't do that. Mm. It's a it's another thing that um, Mickey just re- will say, like overreacting to something. So awesome. Those are firsts awesome. from the second episode. 
Yeah. I mean, it's it's not surprising that there's about a bunch of firsts in the second yeah. episode. We're watching the pilot and then the first broadcast episode. And then this one, this was, wasn't filmed second. I think it was filmed like fifth or something. Yeah. But yeah. Um, you can see the show becoming the monkeys as yeah. as they get the sort of narrowing it down and figuring it out what the show should be. It yeah. feels a little every episode we've watched so far has felt more like the monkeys yeah. than the previous episode had, you know. Uh, which I think is good. I mean, that's what I'm so. I mean, obviously, that's what happens on a TV show is they start off with a pilot, and then it, it becomes what the show is, and then the, with the monkeys, it became some other things also later on, which we'll get to as we go down the line. Yes. Oh, another first for this one. This was the first episode to be re-aired on NBC. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Oh, so um, I don't know what it was on the Blu-ray, but the the one we were watching was not from the Blu-ray. No. Um, but at the end, it's it's had the caption "Musical Supervision Don Kirshner. Mm-hmm. Um, but apparently, it was nowhere in sight um, in the CBS Saturday afternoon reruns. Okay, I do remember seeing his name in the credit because it was kind of like you couldn't miss it. I don't know mm. if it was on the screen by itself or if it was like bigger and the, the, there were other credits. It's underneath it. But yeah. It so yeah, it, it, yeah. It. I. Yeah. I was. His name like, was. Oh. His name was on there with um, the guest cast, um, but apparently mm-hmm. in the end credits in the 1986 Kulik syndicated edition of Monkey See, Monkey Die, the guest cast listing is based far apart from each other, and the caption, Musical Supervision Don Kirshner, is nowhere in sight. It could have been a native um, of the much convoluted CBS Saturday afternoon run as opposed to its original NBC airing. Yeah. No, I, did, I, saw, I saw that in the credits. Interesting. You sort of couldn't miss it. Yep. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> His name was a rather large. Yep. Yeah. I did have one thought, and it was, I think it's when they were looking for clues again, and there were all the knives in the wall. Yeah. And the way they kind of zoomed in and stopped, it was kind of weird to me. I'm kind of like, why are it they was, doing that? Yeah, it was a weird zooming thing they were doing there. And, yeah, and then and pausing, like, and then it and was, stop, yeah. And then zoom and stop, and then... And it was, like, um, jerky then, at times. Mm-hmm. But then I was thinking Knives Out, and then I would think, thought of the movie, and then <laughs> I was like, I wonder if they got inspiration because of that. Probably not, but that's where my brain went. That's so. funny. Yeah, I didn't think about that. <laughs> I'll have to look for that, because I love Knives Out. And so I, I love yes. the idea of Brian Johnson being influenced by the monkeys. Absolutely. That would be awesome. <laughs> I wouldn't put it past him. <laughs> no, I would not either. <laughs> All right. All right. So I think that about wraps up our discussion topic. Uh, Chuck, do you have a you may also like? I do. I have two because we haven't done this in a while. Woo-hoo! And so if you like the monkeys, you may also like the cow sills. And the cow sills, I've mentioned before, have a new album coming out called Rhythm of the World. They've released a single off it just a few weeks ago as we're recording this. But the out al- the new album, Rhythm of the World, will be out on the 30th of September. So as this episode releases, it'll just be here in a few days. Like something is coming. I'm looking forward to it. I think the cow sills, they still sound great. Um, and they're they're putting out great music. They're recent singles have been fantastic. So I've been really anticipating this album. So I think if you're a fan of the monkeys, you may also be a fan of the cow sills and you might like the album rhythm of the world out September 30th. Uh, But then I also had one more, which is another band almost, you know, of the same stature as the monkeys. And that is the electric mayhem. (laughs) They have a new 
uh, single out. And in addition to being a fictional band, Electric Mayhem was in the Muppet movie, which was directed by James Frawley, who directed this episode we're talking about tonight, but also half of the rest of the <laughs> Monkeys episodes. <laughs> he was the primary director of the Monkeys and then went on to direct the Muppet movie, which featured the Electric Mayhem in a very prominent role. And now yes. they're doing a new series called Muppet Mayhem that's following the Electric Mayhem specifically. And they've put out an, a new version of the Electric Mayhem classic. Can you picture that? I focus on the pleasure of something I can treasure. Can you picture that? Can you picture that? Uh, and that has that has just recently come out. So check it out. Um, this, I'm sure it's not going to be the last time I talk about Electric Mayhem or the Muppets on this <laughs> podcast. So just go with it. <laughs> and that's that's it. All right. So, Elaine, where can people find more of you on the Internet? You can find me on Twitter at Monkeying Around and on our Facebook group at Monkeying Around. Mm-hmm. And how about us, Chuck? Earth Station Trek a podcast about Star Trek that we host with our friends, Alan and Keith, and that's on the ESO network as well. Um, so if, you've, if you're listening to this, you've not heard Earth Station Trek, we have a lot of fun and we talk about all the latest Star Trek. We talk about old Star Trek. We talk about all Star Trek. All Star Trek. All Star Trek, all the time. Yes. Um, but also Felt Nerdy, which is uh, you and I, Veronica. It's yes. our little puppetry and performance troupe that we started almost 10 years ago. Yep. Um, and we have some performances coming up, actually, yep. if you're in the Atlanta area or in Georgia, or if you can get a plane ticket, uh, you can see us on October the 9th at the Sinful Sundays Variety Show at the Red Light Cafe here in Atlanta. It's a uh, it's an adult, very adult um, burlesque drag puppets. We're, we're handling the puppets. Uh, it's going to be a lot of people drinking, people taking the clothes off. It's going to be wild. <laughs> So, throw money at the stage it's pretty awesome yeah there's gonna be puppets there it's it's gonna be it's gonna be a blast so if you're in the in the neighborhood uh come check us out on october the 9th that's for an adult show um you can check us out at feltnerdy.com or if you look if you search for the sinful, sinful sundays variety show you'll be able to find that uh but if you want to go to a family-friendly show we'll also be appearing at the sandy springs library they have an event on october the 15th the event runs 12 to 4 and we don't have our time slot yet but uh, come out at the Sandy Springs Library. You can see a puppet show. Uh, that's also in October. We'll be doing a, a spooky puppet show, um, but not too spooky. It's just, it's yeah. for kids. It's, it's for kids. families. It's <laughs> But it's very satirical. It's a very satirical of the Universal Monsters. And I've got a lot of compliments on this show. So I'm excited to do it again. We haven't done it in a few years. Yeah. And uh, also, though, um, we'll also at some point in October, we don't have a date for it yet, be performing at the Halloween Puck and Puppet Show here in Atlanta, which is our, Atlanta's regular puppet slam, where we've debuted a lot of our adult oriented pieces and they've given us the opportunity to do a lot of sort of experimental things. So we like to we like to go play at the Puck and Puppet Show. So if you are in the Atlanta area, come check us out at the Puck and Puppet Show. And I said it like three times and didn't mess I'm it up right, once. I know. <laughs> <laughs> I've had to bleep myself on that before on Earth Station Trek. <laughs> uh, so all that's to say is go to feltnerdy.com. That will redirect you to our Facebook page because we're too lazy to have a website. And you can keep up with what's going on and where we're at. Yeah. All right. Thanks for monkeying around. <laughs> Good job. Good job. <laughs> Thanks for monkeying around with us. Be sure to like and subscribe to us on your favorite podcast platform. Check us out on Twitter, Facebook, and monkeyingaround.com. You're the wrong spirit! Be kind to Bob Cratchit. Celebrate Christmas!
This has been a broadcast of the ESO Network. Be part of the crew and help support our shows by donating to our ESO Patreon or by shopping for the Tee Public Store, which can all be found at www.esonetwork.com. The ESO Network, your station for all things geek.